For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Tony, do you ever have with the, uh, do you, you have the AirPods with noise cancel? Uh, I broke my my AirPods like a year ago and I never got replaced. I have trouble with mine like when it's on noise cancellation. I have trouble um, kind of gauging the volume of my own voice when I'm doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I guess you're, you're not you're not like affirming for me that that's normal. I was hoping you would. Oh, uh, uh, no, it's okay. Friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he didn't uh, help at all. Just uh, take one of them out. Like these are Bose noise canceling. I just move. Ooh, wealth. You know, <laughs> wealth. <laughs> I work in town. I have I have multiple different types of headphones around here that I that I try out. I hear uh, the Apple headphones, like the big joints. I heard they're like the best of the best. Hmm. Those are like six hundred dollars. They are so right. I would not. I don't have well. I'm not in. I'm not in that stratosphere yet. I got these neural, these neurophone headphones. They were like around like 800. Um, You feel the bass inside your nipple shake, like it's a thing. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude. Like on walks, man. Like they're very sexual walks for you, huh? No, I'm about to these orgasmic walks. Orgasmic is is how mm-hmm. I can describe the sound. Also, could be uh, lo- losing my hearing, so you know, works both yeah. ways. I don't think they'll be putting you in their commercials anytime soon. <laughs> you can feel the bass in my car, but that's because it's old and rattly. And uh, you, your you know, car still has a CD player. It does. Yes, it does. Yeah, my car. My car is. Uh, I I like my car. It's not a nice car. I'm not going to tell anybody it's a nice car. It's a paid off car, which is the best kind of car. There you go. But you're uh, Jason Leisure, though. <laughs> yeah, you go. I think I told you I got that reaction once when I was younger. Some uh, high school kid was like, oh, it's Jason Leisure. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I thought you'd be driving a way nicer car than that. <clears throat> like, yeah, me too, kid. But my car is a, is an 09 Camry. And it's 09 must have been the year in between when CD players stopped being used, Russ, and Bluetooth got invented because it's like <laughs> it sort of has bluetooth but not really you have to get a little thing from amazon that plugs into the uh the aux jack damn i mean it oh, works oh. in the end it works like everything in my life it's uh it's like thread it's it's hanging on by a thread and barely working and uh you know just like how i get, I get my music from the library of course as we covered <laughs> on the show Gross. That's the that might be in the year of things we've talked about on the podcast. That might be the nastiest thing you've ever said on this podcast. That I get my music and movies from the local library. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was disgusting. Uh, 
I know the Apple Music is like ten bucks a month. How nasty that was because that's the same episode Tony said he'd never been to a library before, and we kind of glossed over you to get to him, but that was disgusting. Yeah, I I skated on that one because, uh, as often happens, Tony said something worse. (laughs) Uh, I think all the middle-aged fathers of two or three that are on a budget knew where I was coming from on that one. I think the thing, uh, you, the thing you guys don't understand is like when you're when you're young and single, that's the richest you're ever going to be. Like when I got out of college, I, I wasn't single, but we didn't have kids, I guess was the key. My wife and I both had jobs when we were like 22, probably making like 25 to 30 grand a piece. Hmm. And we were loaded back then, man. We were rich back then. <laughs> In the South? We had oh. so much money. <laughs> Jason was making money phones. On Polaroid cameras. Oh, Russ, we had calling <laughs> cards galore. We had all you could need. I'm actually somewhere older today. I, you guys have no idea. We're recording this in uh, in the middle of the day on a weekday, and you have no idea the hoops that have to be jumped through and the checkpoints that have to be passed to make something like this happen in my life. And I'm at my dad's house. I'm in my dad's basement. And if you look, he's got – it decorated. I was gonna say decorated like a like an old uh, tavern from the seventies, but I, it's got to be older than that. I mean, there's some stuff down here. I'm looking at one thing over here that's an ad for PBR. That's uh, it's like framed and it's artistic and it's got a steam engine in it. I see. There's a Cuddy Sark uh, poster in the background. Yes. I know you got to be oh at least forty five years old to know about Cuddy Sark. I don't even know what it is. Uh, I'm not sure. I've it's heard of a, it, but like I actually don't. Well, I know it was alcohol, but I don't know what kind. I know the actual Cuddy Sark itself. I've seen it in London, but I, but that's the boat. I think they mean something else with this, although it was based on it, probably. Um, there's also just a uh, a crow. I got to show you guys this thing. This is like a, it's like a taxidermied crow. I don't really, uh, if you can see it. Yeah. It's just a black uh... taxidermied crow hanging on the wall. Um, not that's sure. supposed to represent. Go ahead, Tom. What do you got? And I was like, what's that supposed to represent? What's that supposed to represent? I have no idea. No idea. Um, But I was noticing Russ's backdrop when he came in and he's got some of his newspaper like front pages and articles framed behind him. He also has, what is that? uh, There's like one of those motivational sayings behind him that says, uh, only when you stop trying, have you truly failed? Is that, do you want Matt Nagy to follow that advice, Russ? Just keep trying. If there's somebody that needs that one, it, it would be Matt Nagy. Like, um, but he's, I mean, his defense, he's, he's still trying. I like that you have, you have, I believe it's back there somewhere, uh, a frame on the wall, a framed news Chicago sometimes from a no hitter or a perfect game that you covered. Yeah. So Is that right? over yeah. here, um, Alec Mills, no hitter. And that's the cover from it. It was the first no-hitter I had ever covered, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then over here, that's my first cover at the Sun-Times, and then yeah. I feel like that was the best spread I've ever done, Yeah, uh, the one up, up top. I've done some pretty good ones, though, so I I might need to make some additions. Um, but, yeah. I'm still kind of a sucker for the newspaper, even though I am of an age where – even my age, people don't really read the newspaper, like the physical newspaper, as much as they get it online. They get it on the tablet. Sometimes e-paper is really good. I'm not doing a commercial for the Sun Times here, but um, 
I the first time as a guy that grew up here and grew up going and buying the Sun Times at White Hen, riding my bike over there with my brother when I was a kid oh, to get it. White Hen, man, that side slush puppy. You could get every. You get a nice little sandwich at White Hen. <laughs> you could get yeah. some Gatorade after after yeah. running around with your friends. Good place, White Hen. R.I.P. The first time that I saw one of my stories on the front page of the Chicago Sun-Times, I was like 35 years old when this happened. I just laughed. Like, I couldn't, I just, like, couldn't believe that was my it's name. Different. Right. Like, it's weird. It's weird. And then you but, see your name, you're like, hey, I don't know that guy. But now I'm like three years in, and I keep thinking, like, what, what, if I, if they did frame, if I did frame some of my front pages or back pages, rather, from the Sun Times, what would they be? And I, it would be like Matt Nagy's face with the quote, "I'm not an idiot." That's th- that would be like my memorable back page stuff like that. Might be his not a lot of not a lot of good too. things from the Bears. It's definitely his memorable back page. Yeah, let's start the show, and I have some more questions for you on this topic. Actually, since we started okay. in on it, well, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure from my parents' basement. That's how successful I am. Uh, with my co-host Russ Dorsey, who is in his well-appointed apartment as always so gives you a little bit of a a glance a little bit of a view into our lives and yeah. uh our buddy tony gill producing as always say hey tone hey guys tony is also at his parents uh house too so if that makes you feel better it yeah. doesn't uh no it doesn't that, that <laughs> it never um it's never something where you point to uh oh don't worry tony does that too and i feel a lot better about myself but I think he's working his way out of there. I think he's working his way out of there. Um, do you ever run into Russ on uh, – oh, I'm sorry. By the way, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetUS, our sponsor. You can go to betus.com.pa and use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word. You'll get 125% sign-up bonus. You put in $100 to start your account. They'll kick you $25 before you make your first bet. You can go on and bet NFL, NBA, uh, everything that's still playing, you can bet. College bowl games. For now. And, uh, yes. While you can. Enjoy it. Uh, do you, Did you ever run into with the Cubs over the last year where you just – it was going so badly for them that you just got tired of writing about negativity every single day where you're just like, I just need a break. I need to go in. It's all going badly. They've lost 10 in a row or whatever. I, I got to go in today and just find – for my own sanity – I got to find some kind of positive story to write. I think it's different. Like the team I covered at a certain point, they knew they were going to be bad. So it's different. Like with the team that you cover, they said from <laughs> they didn't training know, huh? camp, they thought that they, they thought they were going to be a playoff team. The team I covered after they traded all their stars away, knew they were going to be not good. So yeah. it's different where the things I went into the day writing were very rarely about the actual game. Yeah. And so because of that, I didn't necessarily I mean it gets it gets tiring, right? When you you just you know the result before you go in, like that's it's kind of rough, but yeah, I think it's different in the sense that the the team that you cover up until like a week ago still thought they were going to go to the playoffs. So oh gosh, up until like a couple of days ago, Russ, they were still thinking there was a chance when yeah. the rest of us have known for at least a month that was totally out of the question. Since summertime, honestly. Uh, in my case, it's just like, I I think a lot of people think I'm negative on the Bears. It's been nothing but negative things occurring in the three seasons I've been covering them. And this year, 
the worst of it in every way. And so I'm, I'm, my main thing is always to be truthful with people and to be right. telling you like, Hey, this is how badly it's going. You need to know, don't, don't believe everything that they keep trying to tell you about this. You know, um, the, uh... But it wears on you, man. No, it wears, it wears on you. Yeah. Like having to do that every day. Like there's been days, there was a day, even in the first season I covered them where I was like, I'm finding something that is going to be like a story that I can feel a little bit happy writing about. And I'm like, I'm going to write about Bilal Nichols playing with a broken hand, which is not really that rare in football. Lots of guys will break a, a finger, a hand, a wrist, whatever, and club it up on the defensive line and play and whatever. But I'm like, no, I'm going to write, I'm going in there. I'm going to interview Bilal Nichols about this. And no one cares about Bilal Nichols. Of course, he's not a back pager as we would say. Uh, but I'm going to find out about the the Herculean effort it's taking Bilal Nichols to play because I just need something good to write about for a day. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, is it difficult, you know, getting, you know, the necessary, like, clicks and views and stuff like that? Uh, because everybody's in when, they, when your team that you're covering is winning. Um, but once it starts going bad, it's like people eject, you know? Like, yeah. so how do you – Yeah you know, work that in, like from a fan standpoint is if my team is starting to lose, I'm just going to eject on everything that involves this team. I'll come back around if something interesting happens, but usually people are just like, yeah, next year I'll put more efforts into seeing what this team's about. I, that's a good question, Tony. Like it's something I, I thought about covering um, a losing team where if you like the team I covered lost over 90 games for the first time in like seven years. Right? You can say their name. It's okay, Russ. Oh, the Cubs. <laughs> saying the team I cover, like they're anonymous. Well, it's, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm, I didn't even think about it. They kind uh, of are anonymous now, but go ahead. But you, you kind of know that going in and you can kind of adjust accordingly. So it's just like, all right, what do I think people will read about? Um, so young players always drive traffic guys who yeah. are doing well, who are interesting, always drive traffic dudes mm -hmm. who are not even on that team, but could make an impact if they were to be acquired, make an impact like that, that drives traffic. Um, so you have to think about it in that way. Like, I don't think about it in terms of what gets clicks, but it's like, what's interesting to people right yep. now. Um, Sometimes well, let's talk about that for the second, though, because a column. I, those are the same things a lot of times. And I yeah. think that when sometimes it can be put in a way of like, well, you're writing that for clicks and that can be used as a pejorative. And while I wouldn't want to have everything I ever write or cover driven by how many clicks I think it's going to get, a lot of times it's going to get a lot of clicks because it's something of interest. If it's something that's been that's being tweeted about a lot. It's something that people are really interested in. And back in the day, it would have been if it's something that everybody's calling into the score about, it's something that they're really interested in. And there's, I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with giving people the stuff they want to know about. Yeah. I, I, I try not to think about it could give, it's really easy in our journalism landscape to think about clicks and what, yeah. Oh, what, what are people, what's going to drive traffic? Ultimately, like, yeah, I think you're this, this way, too. And I think a lot of people out there are. What is the one, the most relevant thing uh, 
about the team that I cover today. And so that's why you try to, that's how I try to approach today is like, what's the most important thing about the Chicago Cubs today? And it was after July 30th, it wasn't the games anymore. Right. Right. So it's what's an interesting was, feature I could write, you know, yeah. what's a column I could write about what they need to do in the off season. Because at that point, the off season was more important than the regular season. Um, sure. Even though, you know, guys are going out there playing for jobs and, and everything like that. Like, there is a you think much more macro instead of micro. I think with yeah. good teams, playoff teams, you're very micro focused with teams that are in rebuilding phases, retooling phases or go from a what people thought would be a playoff team to now a team going into a rebuild. You go ma- uh, micro to macro. Yeah. So as long as you can think about that and not do it too late, like. There weren't weren't many days where I came into the day after the July 30th and was like, well, I have no clue what I'm going to write. There were some days because it's like you feel like you've written everything you can. Oh, yeah. The story, every angle you could. Um, so it just it kind of shows you how creative you actually are. Um, and you, you yeah. got to dig deep some days. But uh, no, I actually it wasn't as bad personally for me as people probably think it thought or thought it was how are the players and coaches uh with losing um i think we've all had a little bit of experience like i covered the bulls when it was like i mean it was the boiling year so it was the worst <laughs> that could possibly get <sighs> so um i mean jason you got the the end of neggy uh bears russ you got the rebuilding cubs post theo um, how, in your opinion, how are players and coaches reacting to mm. every every week or every day going into a game knowing you're probably going to lose? It, well, nobody thinks that. They don't think that no matter how much we think right. that. We always will look at something very practically like that and be like, this team has no chance against the Packers, for example, or the Buccaneers or whoever. Uh, they never think like that. I, I've seen it different in all my stops. I mean, I've seen and I've covered college kids that went through losing at Florida, um, basketball, football, hockey with the Blackhawks briefly. And it's it's different. It's it's interesting in every case. I mean, the Heat were coming off their big three run with a, a lot of the same guys except LeBron. A lot of guys that had been around for a long time and were really playing for something with their careers, really looking to do meaningful winning and that first year, I think they missed the playoffs on the final day of the season. And that, that was exhausting for them. And the dolphins were kind of a, uh, a mediocre scrapping team trying to get there until the very end. This bear season has been different in the sense of this has looked like it was headed this way for a long time. This is the whole weird thing with the bears in general right now. Um, Russ, I, I can't think of any other season I've covered and I'm not coming no, – no seasons that uh, uh, from other teams that I haven't covered, like just things I've heard about are coming to mind that sound like what's going on with the Bears where this has been over for a long time. It's been clear that Nagy is going to get fired for a long time. There has been a lot of time for these guys to come to grips with losing. And with that, you have some young players who are already thinking about get about next season, and you have some old players that are – they know that they're like Akeem Hicks – Danny Trevathan, guys like that, they know that they're done. They know that they're leaving. And this is how their time with the Bears is going to wind down. Uh, f- yeah, for I think for me, Tony, it's 
I think that last week before the trade deadline this year for the Cubs, where they had just come off, they lost 10 games in a row going into the all-star break. And that kind of was the final nail in the coffin for that group as a whole. And I remember coming back, everybody knew what was about to happen. Players could feel it. I think the coaching staff felt it. Um, And you could kind of see it. Like guys are out there still playing hard, but I think it went from, all right, we're all in this thing together to now. Yeah, we're all in this together, but I might not be on this team next week. And guys, you could see focus drifting a little bit. Um, I think it was interesting seeing it happen as a season. Like this was a team that was in first place for a long time in that first half of the season. And then all of a sudden, boom, now they're a fourth place team. They've lost 10 games in a row. Guys are getting traded. And watching the shift after you see nine guys got the door during that all-star, I mean, that trade deadline week. And then after that, I think there was an organizational realization that, hey, we're not going to be as good in the second half. But these guys who are here, those guys are playing for jobs. They're playing for they're playing for something. And so, like Jason said, yeah, they don't go into it thinking, oh, we're going to lose every game, every series uh, in baseball. They're like, hey, I might never get this chance again. So I need to show out for either the Cubs or one of the other 29 teams that's going to watch me. And then for me as a reporter, it's like, okay, like what's an interesting story here? It's an interesting angle. Who's interesting to talk to, who has different perspectives on things. And then you go from there. You're always, you're always blending a bunch of different things in jobs like this, where you're blending as far as what you're going to write, Russ, you're looking at what do people want to know? What do I think you should know? What, what, what am I aware of that? I'm like, Oh, you guys are going to want to know this. And I think also, what am I good at? What can I write? Well, what interview could I get? And what story could I put together that I can do really well at? And in, in my case, you know, working on a three man team, it's a little easier to find your lane. Right. In your case, being a solo guy, you have to be every lane. You have to do right. all of it. You can't just say, Hey, I'm going to do the thing that I'm good at and count on the other two guys to do what they're good at. And collectively it's going to be really good. Um, but I think, I think those are the things you, you try to consider and, it gets really tough when you get into a part of a season that really doesn't matter anymore for that season, which is what you went through last season and uh, certainly what is happening with the bears right now. We need to start the show. We need to like push the show with something happy right now, something energetic. And we just spent how many minutes kind of waddling in the, uh, in the bears and the cubs malaise. I didn't know that's like, where we were going. I thought we were going to jump, go right into Christmas because it's kind of like Christmas week. So, well, we don't ever know where we don't ever know where it's going to go. A lot those cold no. opens just kind of start on their own. Uh, let's get into Christmas for a minute because that makes everybody happy pretty much. But first, it is. This I, week. I want. What, hold on, I want to stay in the malaise one more second here. I want to go okay. retro, retro malaise. Jim Boylan, Tony, can you tell us anything that would tickle us about your time with Jim Boylan, covering Jim Boylan? Because you mentioned um, him, and you mentioned him in the open, and uh, now it, 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 Russ and I are both like kind of itching for a good yes. Jim Boyle. Did he ever? Did he ever kind of like you know smack you on the butt or something? You know, something like an old school coach would do and be oh. like, "Good job, Tone." 
I was probably next to Joe Cowley, the smallest person outside, like the smallest man on the beat there. So, and Jim Boylan, he's not a small guy, you know, he's a bigger dude. So in the early years of uh, Jim wanting to ingratiate himself with the Mm -hmm. local beat, here's, uh, you know, this young kid covering the bulls. He looks energetic. He looks fun. He, you know, he grabbed me by the shoulders and, you know, shaking me up a bit, you know. <laughs> like, you're, like you're a kid? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Tom, what's going on, man? Um, he tussles your hair? What is this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I know it was coming from, uh, you know, at least I have decent place, so I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. mind. He didn't do it like a lot. That was just like the one time or whatever. Uh, but yeah, man, Jim Boylan, <laughs> my guy. Had the, you, like, uh, you like Jim Boylan, don't you? I mean, he was like a totally ridiculed coach, mm-hmm. but you, you kind of liked him. Didn't you? Yeah. As a person, you enjoyed dealing with him. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my guy. I mean, as much as I heard, um, from sources, you know, that, uh, he was angling for that job for a long time <laughs> from my dealings with Jim Boylan. He was a good guy. He was fine. Um, I think one time I was trying to, I was trying to get him on with Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, time so i'll have side conversations with him just to let him know who i am what i do stuff like that yeah uh and i asked him like hey what do you think about joining uh lawrence home show just for a segment just to talk about what's going on and this was when it was kind of like really bad and he's like is he a nice guy i'm like yeah i mean yeah i guess because <laughs> I knew like what he was searching for, right? Is he going to give me a friendly? Is Lawrence go- going to help me out here yeah. in how I'm viewed with the Chicago media? And right. I had to answer honestly and say probably not. So yeah, yeah. shout out to my guy Jim Boylan. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I didn't have Jim Boylan on my show sheet today, but I'm glad we got to. I, I'll always remember. Jim Boylan leaving a press conference and like kind of winking and pointing at Tony and saying thanks. Finger Tony. guns. Schools in the playoffs or is it switched to kind of developing? Oh. Yeah, I haven't changed my goals. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna keep trying to fight for the playoffs. That's what I said. Day one, we're gonna keep doing that. And develop and teach and coach. Thanks, Tony. I always think like anytime I anytime I ever text you, just so you know, Tony. Anytime mm-hmm. I ever text you, thanks, Tone. Thanks, Tone. I, I know oh, it's yeah. text, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm doing it in that voice. I'm doing yeah. it in the Jim Boylan finger gun wink. I don't know if there was a click like that when he said it, like, <laughs> but there should have been. There <laughs> should have been. No, <laughs> thanks, Tone. To give, to give people a, a view into our group chat, sometimes Jason will put the he has the screen shot of Jim Boylan doing it and he'll see it along <laughs> with the face tone. Yeah, Jim. there's a the if you search I guess Jim Boylan and the GIF, like it's it's he's doing that. Yeah. That's the uh, I think the more and more prominent ones, uh besides him not getting any high fives after a Bulls win. I think next to that that one might be the the second most famous Jim Boylan uh meme of uh of his tenure. But yeah, I mean Jim Boylan made me locally radio famous. You know, with the with the tone and what's up tone and like it, it, it was it was fun while it lasted, but you know, <laughs> it was all good things for you to for the rest of the city. Yeah. Back to our uh, topic at hand. It's it's Christmas week. 
it don't feel like Christmas. Um, part of that is being older, but I do think there's part of that is this now the weird way the year's ending, where it's like we we thought that things were like okay, and then now it's like Omicron is kind of tearing through, running through the streets. Oh, yeah. And yeah. now it's kind of like, oh, should I go to this holiday party? Probably not. Do I want people in my house for Christmas? No. Um, yeah. So it's just like a weird Christmas week. And like it doesn't even like it was 60 a couple of days ago. Like it doesn't feel like Christmas at all to me. Well, I'm fine with that part. I, I'm fine. You know, I come from 12 years or 13 years of grilling on Christmas day outside of my flip flop. So I'm cool with it being 60 degrees. That's nice, but you're right about everything else. And I mean, we're going to have like a small family get together for Christmas Eve on Friday. But even then my wife just this morning was like, Hey, do you think, cause we have grandparents and stuff coming. Right. Like, do you think we should get tested for COVID before people come over just in case, like something we should do tomorrow, which I'm sure a lot of people are doing. Um, I got that. Yeah, it does. It does kind of have that eerie, eerie feeling coming back to last Christmas, really, where like we're we're not really sure how we feel about it. We're probably going to do it anyway and try to be reasonably careful, but uh, doesn't feel great. I uh, to what Tony just said, I wasn't feeling amazing this week. And the first thing I did was just like, man, let me go get a Binax test from Walgreens. Um, thankfully, tested negative. Uh, so figured like that's that's an instant weight off your shoulder. Like, who? Okay, it's not that. Yeah. Now let's figure out what it is. But um, yeah, I, I just I do think when you get to your twenties and the like i love i'm somebody who loves christmas it was always a big deal in the dorsey household growing up and like even this year like i haven't listened to nearly as much christmas music which i love um i haven't watched any christmas movies like it's just a weird strange year for me in that regard and like i'm like you said like I, we're, i'm gonna have my parents and my brother over uh on christmas but it's just like, like even the whole gift giving process this year for me is like I usually love that, and it's kind of just like, yeah, all right, I'll figure something out. So yeah. I don't know, man. Did when you, uh, when you let's let's take you back to a happier Christmas then, Russ. Yes, when, please. When let's it do was that. <laughs> when you were in the Dorsey household. Let's go yeah. back to like, uh, what would we be here? Like two thousand one. Would you be yeah. like seven? Uh, younger. Oh, uh, yeah, I would have turned seven. So I would have been six and then turned seven in that yeah. December because my birthday's in early December. Yes, that's how it works. First, you're six, then you're seven. Well, uh, yes. what kind of presents? <laughs> what kind of presents were you uh, excited about, and what kind of presents did you get? Were you hoping for the big new, whatever, and then didn't get it? Or all right, so it it was it's different in a. Or you you understand this, Tony, you understand this too, because we all have brothers. So like it's just me yeah. and my brother. So and we're not that far apart. Like Joe's three years older than I am. And so I'm very I was always very straightforward with my parents, and I'd get the jump early. It'd be August, September, and I'd be like, you <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I need this for Christmas. So I'm just I know. 
whether y'all we're on a budget, we're not on a budget. I'm just letting y'all know now, so y'all can get your dollars together. <laughs> when December comes, we can do this. Uh, my brother was is much more laid back than I am, and he just be like, uh, I don't know if I want to ask. And I'm like, all right, you can mess around and not get what you want if, <laughs> if you want to. But as for me, I'm gonna let them know right now. And so I remember one year, I told him I was like, Joseph, we're not playing games, and I'm not playing games with you where you all laid back and they think we're laid back so they can just do whatever. So mm-hmm. we got um, one of those binders with the three rings, three ring binders. And okay. this was elaborate, dude. I don't know why, but we got some of those uh, laminated sheets that go in them. And then we just started printing these different sheets of what we wanted and put it in a little book. You guys could have just spent all that time and money buying those things. Yeah, I mean, this is an elaborate effort. The twelve dollars to put this thing together, uh, yes. But <laughs> we put this like book together of what we wanted for Christmas. Yeah. And like my one, my parents are like blown away. They're like, "This is you guys gave us a proposal for Christmas. Like, what is going <laughs> on here?" <laughs> um, were they pleased or, think, or offended, or how did they react? I think to they this? were a little bit impressed because it's like here okay. is a right. ten-year-old, uh, an eleven-year-old, and an eight-year-old yeah. putting together a business proposal of what they wanted yeah. for Christmas. Did you have a PowerPoint or anything like that? A video Listen, presentation? Um, Investors? Possibly you. Yes. They definitely could invest <laughs> in this wonderful Christmas for Joe and I. And yeah. so I do remember a PlayStation 2 was in that binder. And mm-hmm. we did get it. So solid Christmas. That might be the best Christmas ever because not only do we get a PlayStation 2, we got what is arguably one of the best games in the history of video games, NBA Street Volume 2. Facts. Solid Christmas in the Dorsey house. I think that was 2003 that we got that. Yeah, that was 2003. Oh my goodness. You talk about a day me and Joseph will never forget. The the, Uh, Cheryl and Ricky came through, man. They did their thing. Shout out to the folks. How do you know such obscure information like that, Tony, right at hand? Just boom, 2003. Oh, uh, that was an uh, excellent year. Like, uh, that was, mm-hmm. I think that was the year I got my GameCube. Um, but, yeah, No, no, no. I lied. I got the GameCube in, I want to say, 06. Uh, but yeah, man, like, if... Like video games, they're like the, the surge of video games in early, you know, aughts. Um, that was a big deal for adolescent yeah. boys. Um, that's when oh, that's 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 when the thing started to turn where kids wanted to spend less time outside. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where you think it started to turn. It started probably like ten years before that. I remember being seven and getting a Nintendo, the original Nintendo, which was like probably the first real video game. The closest thing that they'd had that would Atari? look like Atari is like, I think that was like black and white. I don't think that was full on like a video game, like interactive the way mm-hmm. Nintendo was. And then uh, like 96 or 98, somewhere around there, we got a Nintendo 64. Do you guys even know what an N64 is? Yeah. Yes, Jason. I would actually still enjoy now at 37, just spending my entire Christmas day playing N64, I think. You know, um, you can buy one. I have one. Oh, I still have it, Russ. I got oh. Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball and Mario Kart. I got Somebody, NHL uh, 99. Uh, in the phase of me trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, 
like there was this uh phase where my friends they would get together a couple of old high school buddies would just go to somebody's house and just play mario kart and have a mario kart tournament yeah oh yeah um, but i'm still that, doing it i'll go that, that didn't last long uh because i'm like guys what are, what are we doing here like is anybody motivated to do anything like no like i i'm i was usually working but it wasn't the job that i wanted to be at so i just need like an outlet like just to kind of figure stuff out and then i was like around them i was like there are no girls in here like you got, all you guys <laughs> Yo, do is smoke and weed and we come here and we it's fun i mean you guys are great people but you guys just play in you know mario kart on nintendo 64 like yeah, I think I think I'm a head out, fellas. And then I don't think I, I think women play video like games now. Week. I think <laughs> women play video games a lot more now, but they definitely did not when I was a kid. If you were playing video games, there were going to be no girls around. So, Jason, we talked about the good video games. I mean, the good gifts with us. What was uh, yeah. your the best gift you ever received? Oh, definitely the Nintendo and the N64. And then when I was uh, maybe like six seven somewhere in that range my my brother and i were crazy we would play ninja turtles all day we had the ninja turtle figurines and if you didn't grow up with ninja turtles you probably don't know there was like a million characters i don't even know if all these guys were on the show because they had the turtles but then they'd also have like there'd be like this kangaroo character there'd be these this bird character there was tons and tons of ninja turtle characters and we couldn't get enough of them man we had all the we had all the the ooze and the bad guys and the we it was i got a i got a theory about a couple of these video games like i think most video okay. games were created when they were on mushrooms and or smoking a lot of weed okay cuz a lot of these don't make sense without context right. on paper like man what if there were four it... different colored turtles and they f- did karate or like turtles, oh man yeah. i had a dream last night man oh, i was tripping on acid like i was going up these ladders and there was a monkey throwing <laughs> barrels at me <laughs> like dude and, it, and i was saving like my girlfriend like she was in this pink dress like dude we should do something about that like that's how i kind of feel like a lot of these ideas kind of came about or i'm driving a car and i'm i'm throwing banana peels at the other cars and it's making them completely wipe out and crash yeah i saw something funny on twitter the other day where it was just like mario a better man than me because let prince of peace get trapped in the castle for a third time i'm not going back um yeah no i it's an interesting concept tony and while part of me doesn't think you're wrong Sometimes, maybe it's just like what would be fun for kids. Kids like turtles. Who doesn't like karate? And let's do something together. I wasn't scared back, of turtles. Back when they made, they made, me, they made, they the made me off-putting. There was a there was a turtle at a daycare that I was at my first ever classroom setting. Um, and to keep the kids in line, they will say the turtles will eat your hair and make you bald. So if oh. you were bad, they will put the turtle on your head. What kind of daycare did you go to? What is this? Um, yeah, it wasn't the, the greatest daycare. Like uh, me, and my, <laughs> me and my brother would have breakfast, and one of the caretakers said that if we spilled any crumbs, she would take the flies from the garbage can and put it down her pants. So that was multiple levels of violence. This abusive and also daycare, maybe bro. Sexual assault. So, oh. you know, 
this went somewhere I did not think it was going to <laughs> no. go. So, Tony, yeah. is this the um, first time you've talked about this, or? Uh, I mean, it's funny now, right? Dark humor, but you not, know, not really. But uh, the turtles thought, eating your like, hair is kind of funny. But it's like, what, what, why would you say that to uh, to a child? You know, who just wants to eat their their breakfast strudel or pop tarts or whatever. <laughs> but we here, baby. We 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 here. Um. <laughs> There's no way to segue this. So, well, supporting supporting Tony's theory though about the Ninja Turtles, they were they were always jonesing for that pizza. They constantly needed the pizza. That's not drug related. Everything whatsoever. in life is about I got to get my hands on that pizza. So he might be right. That comes from somewhere. Say, what's the uh, worst gift you guys have gotten? I'll lead off. Let you guys think. It, uh, for me, it's it was always um, underwear socks. Oh, I love underwear socks. What? Well, see, well, here's the thing. There's there's uh there's nuance with that because as a kid, you're just like, oh great, pains. But like you don't want to be ungrateful because you know that makes you a terrible you don't want to be you know, that's that, that terrible kid that's ungrateful. Oh, and start crying everywhere, throwing stuff. You don't want to be that kid. But on the inside, you're just like, who in the hell told you to get me draws for Christmas? <laughs> but then you get older and you're like, oh my goodness, sock. Oh man, can't do it with the draws. I appreciate you. So I think it changes, but that takes a long you gotta get, I think that's like alcohol after 21 you enjoy mm. getting underwear and socks for christmas mm. hmm. i i can't think of one offhand really i can't think of a, a bad gift i've gotten but you don't you usually don't want to get somebody clothes I, usually everyone likes to pick out their own clothes that's kind of a uh, now i think you get into this situation where when you're an adult you know you talked about the difference between kid christmas and adult christmas russ Adults don't really ever need anything for Christmas. That's why it's hard to find stuff to buy for your parents or your spouse or your friend. Because uh, when you're a kid and you want a bike, you just sit there and hope for six months for a bike. When you're a grown up and you want a bike, you just buy one. That's it. Right. When you need, when you want something, you buy it. That's pretty much it. None of us are sitting around hoping we get that red rifle BB gun for Christmas as adults. I got a book, and I guess I, you can guess how that went. Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> no, that was a big mistake. <laughs> Who knew you big that poorly mistake. to buy you it a was, book? Uh, I think it was the Kar- the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar book. It's still there on my uh, <laughs> little dresser thing. I got it like 10, 12 years ago. Never opened it. So oh, I'm pretty sure there's some interesting, powerful stuff in there. Shout out to Cat, uh, but um, should have made it an audio version or YouTube video. <laughs> Maybe you can read some tweets about it or something. We should go into now. Uh, I feel like this is very necessary to teach Tony how to do Christmas as an adult, Russ. We need to head into an adulting segment here. I don't remember if we have imaging to start that or not. <laughs> seems like we, we, that seems like we don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. It has been a while. Um, and Tony's producing yeah. skills seem to be limited to knowing what year video games came out. Today, at least right. today that's that's the, that's the limitation he's playing through today uh tony yes. you are moving into adulthood you need to learn about how to handle christmas mm-hmm. and how to handle christmas gifts uh first question for you on this front who all are you does an adult buy christmas gifts for so in uh, your situation mm-hmm. let's pretend for a moment that you are an adult and mm-hmm. you can tell me who would qualify what's the list 
What's the list of people what, you're buying what, a gift what, from? What I, all right, here's the thing. Am I answering based on what I do or what I think should be done? What you think? No, what you think uh, us grownups do? Uh, oh, kids. You're trying to test parents, into the grownups level. Kids, parents, spouses. I think mm-hmm. that's that's that should be the list. Okay. Nieces and nephews don't get a uh, mm. don't get the nod. Yeah, that's that's depends. Was it okay. a jerk kid all year? Did they come over your house and spend the night and spill juice on your carpet? No, you're not getting anything. Did a kid do a horrible thing like spilling juice? Yeah, kids, yeah. Kids do that three times a day. Yeah, that's but those are your do. those are your kids. Don't do it. Don't don't come over somebody else's house and spill things. Okay. I, I you're gonna immediately get uh, a reputation as being cheap, Uncle Tony. Hey, behave. Kids remember that year. type of stuff too. Behave yeah. all year, and yeah. I got you. You know. Yeah, remember our weird Uncle Tony who was so cheap, and he said, "I didn't get you anything for Christmas because you spilled juice at my house that one time." Yeah, I, I mean, remember him because it's like if you, got a, if, if you got a big family, like where does it end, right? Like I have a big family. There's a lot of cousins. You're not getting presents for all of them, and you, so you you can't pick out a single person or a single group. Otherwise, everybody's like, "Hey, Uncle and Auntie didn't give me anything." So just stay within your own pod. The people that you can reach out and touch in your own little individual line of family. And that should avoid a lot of, uh, you didn't get me anything, but you gave him something. Resentment later down the road. Russ, I think I he passed that one. I think that was all right. He passed. He passed. I do like the idea answer. of uh, his beloved nephew, Ja, being at school. I'm like, yo, Ja, what did you do over Christmas break? Man, I went over my cheap ass Uncle Tony's house and he ain't give me nothing. <laughs> right. Because right. well, I, I left the refrigerator open one time. But Jason, I think Jason can speak to this. This is what wives are for, right? They do things you don't even think about it. Like they get the stuff. Uh, I'm never going to agree to any sentence that starts with this is what wives are for. That's right. I, I, I immediately I know, know whatever what comes next know, is brother. not going to be something I want to agree to. I'm like, um, you just got your lady. Don't lose her now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, this is this brings up a good topic, though. Let's let's say you have a uh, significant other, Tony. Let's mm-hmm. say you have a wife or husband or very serious dating relationship girlfriend boyfriend whatever uh wherever you're how much yes yes i think i covered all the options there i believe or at least most of them um thanks for looking out tone uh how much should you be spending on that significant other's christmas gifts i'm curious about this one too no you don't have to give a dollar amount Uh you can find a different way to categorize it um you know, like they say, I think they say for an engagement ring, it's supposed to be a certain number of months salary or something like that. Uh, you know, you could give an answer kind of more like that. But how much should you be spending? How much should an adult be spending on their significant other's Christmas gift or gifts? Mm, I'm going to say uh, 300 bucks. Oh, all right. That's all right. What are you getting somebody for three hundred bucks? Is that multiple presents? Or yeah. Oh no. That? Yeah, that's that's multiple things. Okay. Yeah. The older you get, the more that number goes up. By the way, because you not only have to buy gifts for your significant other, but you have to buy the gifts for your kids to give that significant other. You know what? It's like 
hasn't what have I done like the year that I've done that I provided mm-hmm. you know isn't that enough you know shouldn't that count at the end of the year it doesn't or, you you're the gift that's what you're saying is you're the gift no you know God is good you know all the time and all, all the time. year I think Russ, he was looking. He was looking good there with the number. He was going. He was going good for a while, and then he he definitely turned into a tree. I'm just asking. I'm just asking the question. That's it. Tony, uh, that you you got that one wrong. Uh, You're just with not not with your answer, but with just your whole uh, you. Yeah, you gotta Um, be able to bring it home. Yeah. Is it in in which cases is it acceptable and or unacceptable to give someone? cash or a gift card as a Christmas present uh I think it's always acceptable to get cash you would give your mom cash you would or, give your mom $20 in a Christmas card oh yeah definitely and oh, yeah, definitely. She would, I think it should I be like think... $50, $50 minimum for cash and gift card $50 minimum and then anything above that is grand but a, a minimum $50, $50 of, of cash or, or equal value I'm going to say you shouldn't really be giving anybody that's that close to you cash or a gift card. Like your like your spouse, your parents, they don't I mean they want something that you actually thought about. Cash or gift card conveys I didn't really think about this. I don't think that's true to an extent. I bought this at Walgreens on my way here. That's what that sounds like. I think it depends on circumstance. Like no I can I've already talked to my family about it. So I'm I'm a really good gift giver. Like I, I think about it months and months and months in advance. Like, okay, what are, what is this person like? Like, would they use this? Different things like that. For my immediate family, like my dad, my mom, my brother. Um, this year I had a this, there was just a lot going on holiday season time. So I told everybody, look, I love y'all. I'm gonna take care of you, but this is what it's gonna be, right? And, I, and there was no beat. Like, there's not a, oh my gosh, how dare you? So because I think I built, I, just getting I built cash? up. Is that what you're saying? Either or, you know, I'll figure See, it out before what? Christmas. But like, I built up enough stock with the gifts that I've done in the past, where okay, you know, but nobody's the, mad at me. You know, the gift okay, card, right. the gift card game. You can make it specific. I know you like Starbucks. How about a nice fifty dollar gift card for your Starbucks? That's specific. I thought about it. Yo, that's or Tony's Amazon. Right. Tony's or, absolutely right. Tony's oh, absolutely my right. nephew likes video games. Oh, here's this PlayStation Network gift card. Like yeah. the gift card kids game. Kids like that way more than like draws. Yeah, kids. Kid, look, the gift card game has come up. You want to? How about a hundred dollar gift card to Zales or Pandora? There you go. It's not gonna pay for much, but it'll yeah, help. I, was gonna say, I don't think that gets you. I don't, they probably don't sell hundred dollar gift cards. It'll, it'll places, help. You you would much rather have that hundred dollars than not have that hundred dollars. Yeah, knock something off. Knocks a little mm-hmm. bit off. I, I that, Tony makes a good point because I know last Christmas, um, one of the gifts I got my dad, uh, not the main gift, but one of them was I got him ten twenty five dollar gift cards to Dunkin Donuts because I know he likes coffee and I know he likes Dunkin Donuts a lot so I'm like I'm gonna take care of my man so he don't have to worry about coffee for the year you know what I'm saying so little right. stuff like that but once again okay. I thought about it because I was like alright my dad loves coffee he likes Dunkin Donuts I know he stops every morning what would he what would work for him 
All right, you've turned you've turned me around on this a little bit. I still don't think Let's I can go. get. Good job, Tom. I, I still don't think I can give a gift card for something to my wife. For your wife, I do think that's that, probably especially because then in that case, it's also her money. Yeah, I think instead of spending your money on whatever you want, now you have to spend it on what I got. Yeah, I have, the significant other can't get the gift card. Yeah, I, I, I Tony, fair. Tony, I picture you like giving someone a gift card that uh, you've already used part of. Uh, like here's nah. a gift card. Here's a gift card for uh, for Buffalo Wild Wings for uh, thirty two dollars and twenty four cents. <laughs> uh, it was fifty, all, but I got hungry when I went in there and buy it for you. I mean, first of all, B- Buffalo Wild Wings disgusting. Um, okay, it was just for yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, I just want to let let it let it be known. Tony Gill okay. is not right. With, with thank you, uh, I appreciate that. Buffalo thank Wild you. Wings. That will uh, totally torpedo any ongoing discussions we might have with them about sponsorship. Yeah, sure. and we don't want but, it. We don't want it. Uh, we're better Tony, than that. Uh, not true. How do we keep paying you if we don't get these sponsorships? We're up? better than that. This, way, where, this, is where, this is where you run into a little bit of a difference in roles here where uh, Russ and I own the company and Tony is a contractor. Right. Tony, you're <laughs> a contractor. contractor. You're, you're, the contractor you're a contractor. Is contractor. Yeah. We don't you're want not even a contractor. <laughs> Tony's like, you know what else I hate is uh, Panera and uh, Bud Light. I mean, we and... killed Portillo's already. Yeah, yeah, yeah they had that one coming, though. We don't. But if they offered us a check, I would totally turn around. Go ahead, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. You've, you've, yeah, great. You made your point on Buffalo Wild Wings. Go on. Uh, um, uh, sec- second of all, um, I forgot. But okay. Boo, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I think you've passed overall here, Tony. You did a good uh, job. No, you did a lot better than I thought you would. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah, turn you've right. made in the last nine months since we started the podcast, I'm, I'm very proud of it. So hopefully by the next year, this time, we could uh, we, we can get some we can get some, really make some headway. You guys gonna turn me into uh, Squidward? Hi, how are you? Wonderful <laughs> weather we're having. Uh, I don't get that reference. <laughs> I just want to, he he's saying we're gonna turn him into some bland human being. By okay. trying to teach him things, I'm like Tony. It's the opposite. I believe that's uh, SpongeBob SquarePants character. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I know of SpongeBob, but I don't know the show. I'm too old for that. I heard when you talk to adults, you, it's nice. It's important to say hi, how are you, and uh, you always have to say a wonderful weather we're having. <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Russ, we have a lot to get to in our football roundup. That's our weekly segment where we go through everything you need to know, only the most important news from college and pro football. And uh, by the way, football roundup is brought to you by BetUS. Uh, You can go to betus.com.pa and use promo code sportsadjacent, all one word. Get 125% sign-up bonus 
Put in $100, start your account. They'll kick you $25. And here's some games you can bet on this week starting Thursday night. A really good Thursday night game, Russ. Two teams that are barely in the playoff field, both playing for something. The 49ers are minus 3.5 at the Titans. And then on the weekend, you have the Bucks are minus 11 at Carolina. The Eagles are minus 10.5 versus the Giants. The Falcons are minus 5.5 versus the Lions. The Seahawks are minus 7, home against the Bears. And the Rams are minus three at the Vikings. By the way, Russ, I don't know if you've looked at the NFL standings lately, but these are the teams. When you have seven playoff spots in each conference, almost the entire league is still, quote-unquote, in the hunt. Here are the the only teams that are eliminated. This is it. In the entire league, the only teams that are out, the Jets, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Chicago Bears. That's your lunch table if you're the Bears. That's where you sit. That's your group. They are all the same team. We begin football roundup with Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, who leads the NFL in yards. 1625 yards already. He's going to go for 2,000 yards if he has like a crazy final three. He's having the best uh, season for a wide receiver in history. That's crazy. uh, He has 122 catches and 14 touchdowns, leads the NFL in all three of those categories. He had nine catches and 136 yards, two touchdowns to beat the Seahawks the other night, and that prompted the following reaction. And now, Tony Gill reads. Hi, guys. What's up? Uh, Tony Gill here, ready to read uh, some uh, commentary about Cooper Cup. I had a joke in in my head that I laughed before it was sent to the reading segment, but I censored myself. Good job. Okay. Good job, Tom. Thank you. Look at you. This comes to us from Twitter user uh, Russ underscore Durst. Durst. <laughs> <laughs> Dorsey one. <laughs> Cooper Cup is the wide receiver. Y'all kept trying to convince us Julian Edelman was. Do you want to try reading that again? I thought I read it fine. No, he read it fine. He just screwed up my name. It's cool. Yeah, the the name. (laughs) Cooper Cup is the receiver. Everyone has been trying to tell you that Julian Edelman was Edelman was Russ. Uh, That got that got you in some hot water. It seemed like. So I I didn't think it was that big of a deal, and it wasn't like super serious. Also, Mm -hmm. it was true. But uh, yeah, I tweeted it. I'm a big Cooper Cup fan. Oh, we know. Uh, He's your favorite player, isn't he? He might be my favorite player in the NFL. Yeah, I would. He's the reason I love Cooper Cooper Cup is because he's probably that one guy that you know about when he gets drafted. and You're like, I don't care. This dude's going to be a stud. And you rarely get that right. And since he got drafted out of Eastern Washington, I think uh, is where he went to school. He's taken off and I've drafted him in my fantasy team every year since. Or if I didn't draft him, I went and traded for him. But I'm a big Cooper Cup guy. Didn't think there's yes. anything wrong with that. And so I tweeted it knowing like, yo, this dude might break Calvin Johnson's record for yards in a season. He's probably going to have 17, 18 touchdowns, over 135, 140 catches. Like this is an all-time great season. And we're going to look back and it's going to be like, Cooper Cup's one of the best receivers of all time, right? He stays healthy. Yes. Didn't think I don't think any of those things were not true. 
I know for a long time people try, they, people tried to make the whole Julian Edelman for the Hall of Fame argument. Julian Edelman, wonderful receiver, three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Like I get all that, but I, I think if you line the two up when their careers are done, I, I think Cooper is far and away the better receiver. Why did, Cooper, again, why did why did Julian Edelman need to catch some shrapnel on your love for Cooper Cup? I don't think I don't think it was tons of shrapnel. It might have been a little bit of shade, but like not a ton. I wasn't well, saying. I can, I can I tell you one Ju- person that didn't like it. It was Julian Julian Edelman did not like it. Imagine me waking up this morning and looking at my phone, seeing that Julian Edelman tweeted at me uh, three <laughs> rings and a blowing kiss emoji. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's no beef, even though people thought it was. It was very funny to me. Uh, and look, I, I think that's a good response. Like, hey, I have three rings, dude. And I tweeted back like, yeah, you're correct, Julian. You have three Super Bowl rings. I could have made it worse and did the whole, I mean, Robert Ory has seven rings, but is he in the hall? You know, all that other stuff that made it worse. Yeah, I you could have been much meaner, I, yes. Yes, but it once right. again wasn't that serious. It was fun. He had yeah. fun with it. I had fun with it. Yeah. But then today I've had all these Patriots fans in my IG yeah. DMs, Twitter DMs going at me. And it's like, bro, DMs, relax. Wow. Yeah. Well, congrats on being only a little bit mean, Russ. I, my favorite part of this whole thing when I found out about it was looking and seeing that uh, our friend Cheryl Ray Stout went in on you for this. I didn't. I, I didn't know. She like, congratulated Julian Edelman on setting you straight. I was just like, uh, okay. Sweet Cheryl Ray Stout comes flying. I love in Cheryl. So I, have not, I don't. I don't have a bad thing to say. <laughs> Dropping an elbow on you. I, d- I do have a question. Uh, yes, sir. Russ, did you do the white receiver thing there? No. Oh, yeah, Why obviously. Julian Edelman oh, sure. caught the? Yeah. I mean, if he's have comparatively having one of the better seasons of all time. Yeah. Uh, Julian Edelman is certainly isn't, you know, mentioned in that category. People um, say he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think so. Like, you know what? You know what? I think it would have came off a little bit better if you would have went to like, if you want to make like a Bears joke, right? Kevin White, right? You know, he had all this athletic skill and was a top 10 pick and he was supposed to be great and ended up being washed. Um, I think Sammy Watkins may have been a, a, a better maybe compare uh, uh, to, you know, if you're going to send out shots, mm. I think you might've done the white receiver mm. thing. I did it. With, me? With it about me, bro. I never pulled that. I think we know who you meant when you said y'all, when you said the receiver, y'all keep trying to, we know who you mean by y'all. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Shut up, Jason. That's we're not well true. aware who you're talking to. No, there was no y'all. I'm talking about Patriots fans because I know a lot of Patriots fans who aren't white who feel the same way about Julie Edelman. <laughs> like, shut up. That is not what I was getting at. Because otherwise, I think Jordy Nelson uh, is up there with, if we're talking about who's better, I think Jordy Nelson, if we go Tony, Tony's argument about all oh, the white receivers, like, I can find some. Wes Welker is amazing. Like, I don't think people are talking about yes. Wes in the Hall of Fame. But, but I think, um, like, all right, I think, even deeper than that is like the specific style. Like Cooper is the guy that runs all the routes. Like the guys right. that like Julian and West, they had a specific a specific job is be the hot route receiver, play the slot. 
like the big boys play on the outside is what they say about, you know, wide receiver, like the true number one's wide receiver. And then now that has transformed into can you play everywhere, which Cooper Cup does. So I think like even the that comparison, they're just not the same player so, because so Cup is that, that much better. The than, fact that I think Cooper Cup is a top two receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. even though I think that mm-hmm. I was trying to say that back when he played, people tried to put Julian in those conversations. And I I agree with you. Like he was a slot receiver and like the best slot receiver in the game at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and had one of the best runs in NFL playoff history, and, you know, but I understand your point. That wasn't what mm-hmm. I was saying. Mm-hmm. I don't have a history of saying stuff along those lines either. Um, also, I didn't think it was apology accepted, Russ. Thank you, Jason. I, I didn't think it was that as, as representative of the uh, of the, the whites. Yeah, on behalf, on behalf. we accept your apology. Deal. It's cool. Um, we kind of think it too. If the if the dude I was I, I sent a shot to incidentally wasn't mad, why are Patriots fans mad at me? Oh no, well, he was mad. Pre- that's why he responded. He, well, let's. This is perfect, Tony. That you think that. Let's pretend. Also, I never added him. Like, is he searching his name on Twitter? You're just blowing up, Russ. It's got 199 likes as I look at it right now. Tony, let's do hurt feelings. Julian Edelman mad about Russ's tweet. Come on, y'all. Y'all gonna send more people to my DMs, and I don't want this. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, uh, who's this? Russell Dorsey. Russ uh, Dorsey, Dar- I believe. Dorsey. 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 What did I do? You know what I've done in the league? I got three Super Bowl rings. How many does Cooper <laughs> Cup have? Do you, do you like holding his cup? Is, is that it? <laughs> is that it? I'm Julian Edelman. Red gloves. Yeah. White hey, cup after winning a Super Bowl. And, and somebody sneaks a picture of me in bed. That's me, baby. <laughs> That's me. All right, Doc. Because because y'all went there. I'm going to read a, um, a tweet oh. that I got. I mean, uh, a DM that I got today from a angry Patriots fan. Okay. <laughs> Fortunately, it does not have the N-word in there, so I can read it. Um, I Some dude named Nathan who lives in the Boston area. I hope you know more about baseball than you do about football. LOL, LOL, LOL. This is where he went off the tracks. Cooper Cup can't hold Julian Edelman's jockstrap. He can't even sit at the same table with Jules. Shaking my head. They shouldn't let you post anything related to sport ever again. They shouldn't let you? Who's the, who's the they that shouldn't let you? Yeah, there you go. They. You want to talk about they, Jason? You <laughs> messed up so many times. I, I didn't need three LOLs, Nathan. Two, to say Cooper Cup can't hold Julian Edelman's jockstrap when he's about to have the best season in the history of NFL as a receiver is nuts. Also, don't call another dude Jules. Yeah. Yeah, as an adult, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's, That's what I'm saying. As an adult, I'm like, good, bro, you take down points, Jules. Actually. Like, you, you – and also the like, reasons. the 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 him using the the wording Cooper Cup couldn't hold Julian Edelman's jockstrap makes me believe that he would love to sniff and or drink his drink of choice from Julian Edelman's jockstrap. Jules, Tony, that's so Cup. gross. I mean, Tony's not wrong here, but like, here's my thing: all day when I've been getting these tweets and IGs and all that, people going to my pictures on yeah. IG and commenting and stuff, I'm like. 
Why do you care this much about Julian Edelman? That you have to feel you have to defend him to a dude that you've never met before. Mm-hmm. Like I sent I sent a quote unquote shot at Julian. Incidentally, Julian sent one back with his three rings emojis. Done. It's over. And then here comes dumbass uh, Sports Illustrated IG account with the eyeball emojis posting it today. Mm-hmm. And now like sending all these goofies to my different social media accounts it's like bro yeah. like there's no need for this whole country knows the name russ dursey now tone <laughs> how are they direct messaging you your dms are just open to anybody no on instagram, on instagram t- you can dm to anybody right well you can like as a I, when you're verified it goes to a different folder and so like my i'll get the notification like so-and-so wants to message you um okay this is on Instagram. I knew what said? it was about. Yes. I okay. knew what it was about. So I was kind of just <laughs> curious to see what, what people were saying. Uh, um, and they were wilding in the in the messages, thanks to uh good old Sports Illustrated. Uh Russ, next on our football roundup is and, and again, I want to remind you that football roundup can delve into college and even high school sports. Bishop Sycamore yeah. was in the news again. They they finally determined, Uh-oh. by the way, that Bishop Sycamore was a fraud. It was oh, determined it took to us this court. long. Yeah, not a real, uh, not a real high school football team. Um, but, but what I really want to talk about is Jackson State, and you never let me talk about Jackson State on here. And I always want to talk about Jackson State and head coach Deion Sanders. You know that he had foot surgery, so he uses a motorized scooter to get around. Okay. Did you see I the? Think... So you you did not know, but I didn't. But good for Deion. He was using this like three wheeled hot rod. Uh, it looked like a like a three wheeled motorcycle to coach in the, uh, the celebration bowl against South Carolina State, and then uh, this this was a very Dion centric game, and I I found all the details on this great uh, South Carolina State sh- their uh, wide receiver Shaquan Davis impersonated Dion Sanders dance after he caught a touchdown pass as South Carolina State went on to upset Jackson State thirty one to ten. All of that being said, Dion Sanders has done really, really well at this job. And I got to be honest, man, anytime somebody of his level takes a job like that, uh, someone that famous and that rich takes a job like that, I'm always skeptical. Are they going to be serious about that? Do they have a grasp of how much work that's really going to be? There was a time, uh, I think about 10 to 15 years ago, that Dan Marino took a job as an executive of the Dolphins and resigned like a week later because it's a ton of work. And if you, don't have to, if you don't have to do that as a job, yep, that's another one. Yes. Uh, then, you know, maybe you don't want to if you don't have to. It's a ton of work. Uh, but Dion goes 11-2 and two in his second season, and he just pulled the number one recruit in the country away from, of all schools, his alma mater, FSU. Look, I think that's significant, and this is great for HBCUs. Um I didn't. I didn't think it, he could be successful down there. Not because I didn't believe that he could do it. It's just, just I didn't know if this was. You never know somebody's intentions. Like, is this a stepping stone to a Power Five job? Uh, people always rumored him to be interested in that FSU job if it ever opened up. Like yeah. all those different things. But he went down there and in his what first season went eleven and two. Uh, this that, season was his second season. Second season, went 11 and 2. Yeah. I think that's significant. Just you pulled the number one, number two, whichever list you look at, 
recruiting the country, that's significant. So yeah. if we project this thing out four or five years from now, that could be a powerhouse. Yeah. Um, I think it was a great job uh, by Dion to um, – I, and I was skeptical about Dion, right? Is he doing mm-hmm. this for publicity? Because, like, HBCUs, they need the spotlight and they need the attention and they need the care and they need the money um, to – you know, operate and do things. And I was worried that he was just using this as a stepping stone to, you know, go where he really wants to go. But, uh, and, and that still may be the case, you know, I don't, I don't know yet for sure, but um, I mean, he's doing right by Jackson state. He's doing right by the HBCUs. Um, and I mean, if you guys want to go into like, you know, how that all that came about, I mean, his partnership with Barstool. Um I know we have issues with Barstool and how they do content mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but the fact remains uh, that young man is going to be making at least a million dollars going to an HBCU because Deion Sanders' connection to Barstool. And yeah. I'll leave it at that. No opinion necessary, though that just happened. And that is going to change the landscape of how college sports is done um, for the future. I was going to say uh, Jackson State, lovely campus to walk around. Hmm. And Most that's in Jack. Yeah. Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Uh, a couple other college football notes before we move on and back into the pros and um, some news on Urban Meyer. I don't know if you've heard. But uh, <laughs> from the Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State left tackle Bill Kuduk vomited before the snap. Okay. And was called for a false start because of it, because it did cause the defensive lineman on the other team to jump. Um, also, I always enjoy looking at the names of uh, some of the bowls that you have the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I know that's very prestigious. Everybody wants to win the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl trophy, uh, the Lending Tree Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, and probably uh, my favorite, and uh, I'm sure Tony's favorite. Next week, we have the Duke's Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina. And the president of Duke's Mayo is offering $10,000 to charity if the winning team, Russ, instead of a Gatorade bath, absolutely not on their coach. You see where this is headed, don't you? A Mayo bath dumped on their coach for winning. For 10 grand, that you got it. 10 grand. Mr. CEO of Duke's Mayo. That seemed a little low, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd let someone... I don't know. The mayo gonna be in my clothes, my my hair for six weeks. Like you gotta get me up to a hundred thousand at least. Tony, are you familiar with Duke's mayo? Is that a good type of? Mayo? I know you're a mayo connoisseur. Is that a good one? Bad one? Where's it? Hey, you um. <laughs> you, you wait till then. You wait till I say mayo connoisseur. You didn't. You didn't say, say it when I, I said mayo bath. An hour. I said someone minutes. being showered in mayo, and you didn't say that. You didn't say it then. He waited uh, almost an hour and a half to get his first one in, so we're making progress. <laughs> um, I am a fan of the uh, condiment uh, mayo, um, but I've never heard of Duke's mayo. Um, never heard of it? It's a yeah. good one. I mean, it's good mayo. Like, it's, for me, it's hard to find a bad mayo unless you think it's mayo and it's actually sandwich spread. That's the only bad mayo that you can get. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. You know, seems, Duke's seems mayo cool. is, a, um, is solid. Did, did you guys? Uh, I think we our big goal for sports adjacent should be to get our own bowl. Like Jimmy Kimmel got a bowl. 
Oh, we like, certainly could. The yeah. county of Rogers Park or whatever got a bowl. Um, I yeah. think that should be Sports Adjacent's biggest goal is to get a bowl game after the namesake. Sure. Yeah, maybe 2022 bowl season, Russ. What do you think? The Sports Adjacent what bowl, though? Bet U.S. Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we're going to start a new one. Are, we're going to start a new one. We're not going to bump, you know, Duke's Mayo or LendingTree.com or RoofClaim.com off of theirs. We're going to start our own bowl. The Sports US, the, the Sports Adjacent Bet US Bowl. I I don't yeah. hate it if our our sponsors willing to kick us the, well, the, the we right dollars to get people involved. I think we can we yeah. can work that out. We know enough people mm-hmm. between the three of us. Yeah. We'll see if uh, maybe we'll check in. Can you DM Julie Edelman? See if he can help us. <laughs> Yo, uh, listen, I have a direct line now. Yeah. You also, can we, can we talk about something? If yes. I was Joe Schmo off the street, yes, she probably doesn't respond. No, you're very famous. That's correct. But it's like he saw a blue check person tweet about him. It's just yeah. like, ah, oh, now's my chance. But neither here nor there. Hey, don't be talking greasy. Look, he, we both got a little jokes off. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Russ, speaking of, um, hmm, how would you put it, that category of wide receiver, uh, Cole Beasley. No, we're not he doing have... that. Hold on, hold on. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. We cannot even do a joke. We also think they need their own Hall of Fame, Russ. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Can we not? Uh, Cole Fans Beasley. Cole Beasley, uh, he of the heavy ones, will miss, he will miss a huge game against New England after testing positive for COVID. And I got to say, it's quite an upset that he made it all the way to week 16 without testing positive. That is amazing. Uh, he says it's the rules keeping him out, not COVID. And, uh, yeah, we'll be deprived of Cole Beasley in a huge Bills-Patriots game coming up, Russ. I mean, yeah, the fact that it, it took this long for a dude who was vocal about his his push against getting "quote unquote" the jab, as folks like to call yeah. it. Um, yeah, look, this this Omicron is not playing with nobody, vaxxed or unvaxxed. So, uh, yeah, look, man, yeah, he's heavy ones it. or regular kind of ones. Either way, <laughs> all the ones. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, in the football roundup, Russ, uh, shocking news out of Jacksonville. Urban Meyer was fired. We recorded. You know what pisses me off? The night, yeah, the night we recorded, it was like 25, 30 minutes after. It's like, yeah, Urban Meyer fired. And we're like, yes, of course. We had something. I think we had happened where we, I believe the timeline was, and this is, this is kind of the problem that happens when you have this situation where we have to do this in our spare time from our other jobs, basically is we recorded. And then there was the accusation from uh, his kicker's name, Josh Lambeau. Yes. That urban Meyer kicked him. Uh, That came out like maybe the next day after we recorded. And then I think like 30 minutes after our episode came out was the news, the news Mm -hmm. dump of all news dumps at like 1 AM Eastern time that urban Meyer had been fired by the Jaguars. Uh, They say it wasn't the kick. The Jaguars say it was not the kick. Um, although that probably would have been, you know, one of many reasons. It's a kind of a uh, a nine strikes and you're out program down there. And uh, they also are saying, Russ, that they will not pay Urban Meyer his 50 million because he was fired for cause. 
that's what they were trying to figure out. I think I mentioned last week they're not going to fire him because they owe him so much money. They, they, in order to get, in order to fire him, they need cause so they don't have to pay him. And they apparently found the cause. I haven't heard Urban upset that he's going to sue them, you know, for it. So he must have agreed. He's got time. He probably will, and they'll probably settle or something like that. But uh, it's great. It's crazy that you he assaulted somebody, but no, that's not the reason we fired him. And I mean, it wasn't you know, you know Leonard Fournette or or someone of that ilk that he would try and kick. He knew better. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't somebody that would. Uh, you know. Although it sounded like Josh Lambeau probably wanted to uh, well, throw throw down with him. And that was the thing. Like it wasn't even the kick; it was the disrespect of yes, I kicked you, and I kick you again because I'm Urban Meyer and I'm the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, for yeah, legal I mean, reasons, I need to mention here that Urban Meyer has denied all of that and said that there are eyewitnesses who would give you a different account. But, uh, Russ, as is my habit, I believe anybody else over Urban Meyer. Yes. Is he still going to coach? No. In college? Uh, I hope he doesn't for his own sake. It doesn't seem like it's good for him. Tony, you had said that you thought he was trying to get fired so he could get his money. Now the Jaguars are saying that he will not get his money, and I think we need to hear from hurt feelings Urban Meyer who wants his money. And go. <laughs> hey, guys. We, I kicked the guy. He's a kicker. I thought that's what they do. Um, like, what is this cause that you speak of? I, I coach my heart out. I'm not the loser here. I'm not the loser. Check the resumes. I am not the loser here. I win. This is what I do. You wanted me. I didn't want you. You wanted me. I'm going to need some my, that, that money. We're going to have to come to a settlement. I think he wants all the money, Tone. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get all the money, though. <laughs> Urban Meyer, by the way, Russ, exit the NFL, exits the NFL with a 2-11 career record. It's Yikes. Jimmy Johnson's fault. He told him to take that job instead of Texas. It might be a bit, I haven't looked at everything, but it might if the Jags have cap space and draft picks, that might be a better job than the Bears. You might be able to win faster there. I don't know. We talked last week about how COVID is definitely back in professional sports and you're seeing mm-hmm. cancellations and rescheduling, and there have been plenty since we discussed this. Uh the three leagues are all taking very different approaches. The NFL's has been kind of uh to put it succinctly. Kind of, uh, as long as you're vaccinated, um, we don't want to know if you're sick unless we really have to know. If you're like hospital level sick, then we then we got to know. But other than that, you know, we don't really want to know um, because we want to keep playing these games. And the Players Union agreed to all of that as well. Uh, the NBA is really just kind of pressing on the same way that they have. The only change has been that they have expanded the rosters, which has created some delightful and shocking transactions, Russ, some things, some woge bombs that feel like they're from 20 years ago where I got to look this up and make sure it's the same guy. And it's not, you know, uh, Joe Johnson's son. That's now trying to play for the Celtics. Um, We got Joe Johnson back in the league at 40 with the Celtics, Lance Stevenson, Emmanuel Moutier and Brandon Knight, which at first I was like, maybe it's Brevin Knight. Because I think you're going to get all of these guys. You're going to get, like Larry Johnson, if you're still somewhat in shape, give us a call because everybody's getting back in. And Tone, this is good news for you, man. You don't have to give up on your dream yet. Uh, no, that dream is long gone. Well, I don't know yeah, that it I, is. I, I, I recently, signing guys every day to these teams. 
I recently jumped off of a higher platform and instantly regretted it. <laughs> That's 30 kicking in for Tom. Um, you mean to tell me the Bulls who have been in the midst of the, these outbreaks, if oh, yeah. they, if we saw the Woj bomb, Chicago Bulls are signing, per sources, all-conference point guard Anthony Gill from Revis High School. You you turning down the call from uh, AK and Mark Eversley? Yeah, I got. I still got pride, man. Like I can't be out here uh, just just cause. You know, I gotta. If I'm going out there, I'm going out there to dominate, and that's it. And if I can't dominate, I don't want to play. What's what's the like? What's the oldest but still plausible name I could throw out there where you'd be like, oh wow, Sean Marion's back or something like that? Apparently, Scotty Pippen. Scotty's like fifty, isn't he? He wants to redo uh, all if, of if, the narrative. If you said Vince Carter signed a deal, oh, there's a good I one. There's a good one. Yeah, he's still in great shape. Richard Jefferson's still in great shape. Um, Juwan Howard looks like he's in great shape, but he's got to be for sure. Kenny and Mark fifty by 50. now. He's close to fifty. Yeah. D Wade, D Wade wanted to come back and be like, let's just run it back and see what's let's there see you how go. going. There's a lot of these guys are guys that like Moutier that uh, kind of fell out of the league, not not necessarily because they're old. And it's like, hey, second chances everywhere now because yeah. we're playing these games. We're playing these games no matter who's out there, whether it's yeah, you know some sorry, guy you buddy. just signed we're, or we're G League guys. Mm-hmm. We're doing it, and uh, and the players unions on board with that because they want that money too. Um, really, the same approach in football and basketball as far as they're playing these games, just different ways of going about it. I think the NFL is going to adapt. Uh, I mean, the NBA is going to adapt with the NFL just in, instituted where if you're vaccinated and boosted, you're probably not going to be tested going forward. Yeah, just don't tell us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how they're going to operate. And I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not angry at it. Uh, I think there's a lot of frustrated people that are, that have been doing the things that they're supposed to do. And, you know, we're given assurances or at least in part implicated um insurances that we're going to at least be back to normal and christmas is a hard time for people because now people are considering not being spending time with families even though they've done everything that they're supposed to do uh and now we're all getting laughed at by the unvaccinated because they just went about life how they normally would and there seems to be no recourse even though we're taking the brunt of all the things that everybody needs to do um but we're back in the same space as we were before while we were thinking of while you were listing guys in the nba who you think oh man if this guy got a call i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. one of the names i thought about was one point guard by the name of darren williams and Ooh. darren williams over this weekend had a boxing match with one former running back frank gore and let me tell you, I don't know what happened, but I would bet on Frank Gore. That well, that would be my pick going into that. Tell me now. You would have lost whether... a lot of money. That would have gone badly for me. Okay. Frank Gore, uh, I watched all the boxing videos that he put out before, and he looked like he had never done any of it because when he got into the ring, it like he was just trying to tackle Darren Williams. And it's just like two guys who had never boxed before in the ring. 
And after Darren Williams basically uh, TKO'd Frank Gore, he said, quote, I think I'm going to just go sit my old ass down now. And that is the proper response from one Darren Williams. Um, I watched that Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight, and that was the undercard, the first or second undercard of that fight. Uh, If you want to see an elite knockout, Jake Paul knocking out former USC champion Tyron Woodley. There you go. (laughs) Um, Frank Gore looks like he's in better shape than Darren Williams to me. Uh, Frank Gore's just yes. not as skilled. Yes, he was, but he didn't know how to box, it looked like. Like, he would go in there, and he would start grabbing Darren Williams' waist and mm. looking like he was trying to, like, slam him into the 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 ring, but, like, mm. that wasn't boxing. So, okay. We, I just need guys who just do what you know how to do, man. Both of you guys had long, solid careers in each of your sports. Frank Gore is like the third all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. Like, Frank Gore, you don't need this, man. This is the new thing over the last however many years is all these guys want to prove that they're fighters, too. All the athletes want to be fighters, too. Well, Nate, Nate thought he was, too, and we saw how that ended. <laughs> right. um, something that I wanted to get to, oh. it's random. Mm-hmm. Oh, not random, but it's like something I want to share with you guys. So okay. I had an issue with somebody for two years, and we hadn't spoken. We were friends. It was fine. Something happened, went poorly, hadn't spoken in two years. And so I sent this person a text message. I think it was on my birthday because mm-hmm. I, I thought about it and I was like, man, this person was a good friend. And the reason we're not friends anymore is dumb. I'm nervous about this because you never know where it's going to go. You never know if this person is still mad. You never know like yeah. if people move on. But I'm like, I'm not going to take this into my 27th year of life. You wonder and sometimes if whatever you're going to do is going to make this worse. Right. Like the other person, like drag up something that they don't want. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even though yeah. I've, I've moved on and grown from that moment, it's like you never know where somebody else is in their journey. Yeah. I Send the text through. Like 20 minutes goes by and then I get a long text back like, Oof. yo, I appreciate you sending this to me. I feel the exact same way. I want you to know I apologize for all the things I said the last time. Blah, blah, blah. Like it couldn't have worked out any better. And like, I just want to tell the folks out there before you go into 2022, life has taught us a lot in this last now going into third year of COVID. Um, don't be carrying all that. Not nah, don't carry stuff into years. New don't carry nothing into the new year like that. You could dead, like if you can dead some beef where you, it's dumb. You can't even remember why you're mad. You upset with family. Like I know it doesn't take. It takes time sometimes, and like it doesn't happen overnight. But like if you can, reach out to people you care about because we losing people every day for things that COVID related, non COVID related. So yeah, man. It takes some humility. Usually in that exchange, you're going to have to apologize for something that you did. You're going to have to Which be accountable I did, yeah. and, and kind of eat it and say, you know what? This was crappy of me. This was wrong. And even in the text, I was like, look, I messed up here, here, and here, and I have to be accountable for that. And I'm not expecting you to respond to this. I just yeah. want you to know where I stand on it and that like, I don't have any resentment towards you or any animosity. And like, I'm cool on my end. 
And like that person was really receptive to that. So what you think, Tony? You proud of Ross here? Uh yeah. Yeah. Growing into <laughs> a modern adult, man. No, Russ is an adult. Coming from our resident child, I appreciate that, Tony. Thank you. Uh, but no, man, you're right. Like it, it takes it takes a lot of like it takes a lot out of you when you're holding grudges. Yeah. Like it ages you. Yeah. It makes you feel like crap all the time. You, you kind of think you're punishing the other person, but you're right. You're really yeah, punishing yourself. I, I yeah. felt way worse than I I imagine yeah. that person felt. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it. Always find room to to apologize and just kind of live in that space. Be uh, never be too proud to apologize and to say sorry yeah. and yeah. to you know at least put the olive branch out there. And in that case, you know it worked out. But sometimes too, a lot of times it doesn't work out. Right, you still got to be okay with that. Yes. Like you still after you have released whatever that issue is out and made a genuine effort. You know, maybe you maybe you did something that was just so bad to this person that they just can't get over, or maybe they say, Okay, thank you, but doesn't want to yeah. reconnect that relationship again. That has to be okay too. But as it long is. as you yeah. try and set that straight, um, and your conscience is clear, um yeah. and make a genuine effort, you know, the other person then it's on the other person to kind of deal with that, you know, as well. It's good for you. To, it's good yeah. for you to get it on to kind of clear your conscience. I think of it and to make something right. Um, it's good for the other person whether they accept it or not. It's good to give them closure and give them that affirmation that, like, hey, whether you like whether you want to be friends again, whether you want to really like hash this out or not, you can know that I know the thing I did was wrong. I know, like, you can have that affirmation that the thing you think I did was crappy. I'm telling you, you're right. It's I, I agree with you. And Tony's right. Like sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Like this situation did. And I was yep. prepared for that. And when yep. I sent yep. the text, there was like yeah, a that must have been a long 20 minutes waiting. No, I was just like, damn, like I guess it's I guess it's still beef. But like that's one of the reasons I prefaced the text was like, hey, you might not respond to this. I just want you to know that like I'm not holding anything towards you, any grudge, anything like that. And you know. You're right. Like it is a, it does take more to hold on to that than to just let that go. Yeah. Because for a long time, I would think about it it'd be in the back of my mind, like, dang, like, I wonder if this person's still upset. Are they still mad? Yeah. I'm still mad. And then you have to build up the, uh, let yep. me get mad real quick. And it's just like, dude, it takes way too much energy for that. I'm uh, glad you and Lawrence finally made peace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to get into our things we didn't get to? There's a lot we didn't get into. Let's uh, let's talk about some important news just before we send you on your way. Um, Khalil Mack is selling his original NFL home, the first one he bought when he was drafted by the Raiders in Northern California. This is per TMZ. Um, let me let me give you the specs on this house, Russ, and you see if you can guess how much this costs. All right. Uh, keep in mind this was his first house. Got it. So. Didn't get his massive contract yet at the time he was buying this. It's in the hills. Great view. I checked it out. Uh, I'm not interested in moving out there, but I like the house. 3,700 square feet, four bedrooms, four baths, a really nice patio with a fire pit overlooking. Uh, they, I, they look like mountains to me, but they, I guess they're not. They're just hills. These these green hills in the Oakland area. Uh, chef's kitchen. How much do you think this went for? It's in Oakland? It's in the Oakland area. I think... Uh, I forget it, it. It. I forget the name of the uh, 
suburb it was in. Okay. It's um, in the Bay Area, Northern California. I'm assuming it's not going to cost as much as uh, Lewis Hamilton's house <laughs> we talked about the other day. 50 mil or whatever he is. Uh, right. I don't, I don't think it's 50 point. mil. Um, 9.7. I don't know. I guess. Yes. Uh, $300 million. <laughs> Tony knows how to play the game. Tony knows how, Tony knows if it's going to be a low number, guess extremely high. And if it's going to be a high number, guess extremely low. So then I can tell him the real answer and he'll act like he's blown away by it. Uh, $2.88 million. Oh, man. Uh, he's, he sold a much, a much more expensive house in Glencoe last month for about $4 million because he bought a $7 million condo in Streeterville. Now, that perplexes me, the idea of him living in Streeterville, because that's a crazy commute up from there up to Hallis Hall. That'd be brutal. That's at least an hour, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, especially when the Bears get done with practice. You got to go through that O'Hare traffic. Yeah, that's yeah. a it's a hike for, for young Khalil. Maybe I mean, but, Khalil. but I mean, you know, but, the ladies in the city. You got to go where the ladies are. Single, it does sound more fun yeah, living in Streeterville than hundred uh, percent. Yeah. All the spots to go to are definitely especially if you're Khalil. Yes, that, that helps. Uh, another another football related item, and I guess I could have put this in football roundup. But are you familiar, Russ, with Jackson Mahomes? Uh, unfortunately, I am. Yes, the much less famous, uh, but still kind of famous, famous much Jackson. less much less liked Mahomes yes. brother. Uh, he might want to chill out on the uh, the TikTok. Might be a good time to step back, just take a little break from it. Um, famous really just for being Patrick Mahomes' brother, and uh, he is enjoying that role. But he blasted a Kansas City bar called SOT for bad service. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's a capital S, a lowercase O, a capital T. I'm thinking it's called SOT. It looked like a really kind of – thank you, Tone. All right. Uh, it it's looked like a really classy like cocktail bar. Um, he went after them for bad service. They responded with an official statement that I think you're going to want to hear, Russ. And now, Tony Gill reads. All right, guys. This is a statement of apology from uh, Sot Bar to Jackson Mahomes. Uh, this has been edited for time considerations. It was much longer and a lot meaner. Dear Ed Jackson Mahomes, we are sorry that we set boundaries that you try to ignore. Oftentimes, people with with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think they are above the rules and will lash out at the employee enforcing them. We are sorry that you have re- you have the reach that you do, or at least that you think you do, and that instead of using it for something positive, you decided to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived the global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We are sorry you didn't reach out to us first before taking the social media. But then again, that is an exception we would have from a mature. Oh, whoa, I can't read. But then again, that is an expectation we would have from a mature and rational person. We hope our apology finds you well. You don't have the glasses on, Tone. I feel like you need them for the bit. And it turns out you also need them to read. Yeah, I do. I definitely need my glasses. And uh I apologize. There was more to it than that. It was probably uh, three or four more paragraphs than that, Russ. But um, yes. But then SOT also 
a day later, I think, issued an apology for their apology. So I think Jackson Mahomes ends up winning this one, doesn't he? But it depends. What do they apologize for? I saw their their uh, them ripping him, but I didn't see why they apologized for for how they handled the original apology, which was not an apology at all. I think when it comes down to it, you can't be a bar in Kansas City or anything in Kansas City and go anti Patrick Mahomes. So once again, Jackson Mahomes wins, but he only wins because he's the brother of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know, man. You you notice how people? This is not the first incident that young young Jackson has got himself no. into. Being right. reckless, and you see how Pat just kind of just stays quiet. Like it's not like the Morris brothers, where it's like, "Yo, you diss my brother, we're coming after you," <laughs> or uh, as we found out, Nicole Jokic's brothers are also with it, um, with the smoke. But Pat's always quiet, and so I think that lets you know how Pat feels about some of these situations. Russ, are you familiar with the FAA? Yes. Yes, of course you are. As a frequent traveler, you're very familiar with that. The FAA has said this week that you can lose your pre-check privileges, which I bet that gets you to sit up straight because I know you like it. definitely did. I was definitely interested. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Russ is like, I better find out what I'm not supposed to do. Well, you'll be fine, Russ, as long as you don't act like an actual animal on the plane. Um, The FAA says you can lose your pre-check privileges. If you cause trouble, they've had a lot of incidents on planes during the pandemic. Most of it is mask related. And FAA Administrator Steve Dixon says, if you act out of line, you will wait in line, which is very corny, but a very serious threat because I, I, that, would, that would be enough to deter me from almost anything. I do not want to lose my pre-check status. Oh, dog, I was in the airport a couple of weeks ago, and these airports are getting crowded again. And yeah. the the non pre-check line was a two hour wait. I've seen it. I've seen it. Two hour wait, like in a major airport. Um, and the pre-check line was 20 minutes. If I that. can't believe that pre-check is still kind of like a secret. Go ahead, Tone. What? I censored myself. Okay, good. Look at you. I, look, I, look at I you. need more of it. We need more of it. <laughs> the audience might want less of it. Um, Pre-check, I, I'm surprised it's still a secret because I've had it for like, I feel like at least 10 years. Um, but it's still this thing that so many people don't know about. And I almost feel like I shouldn't tell people about it. But it remains like one of the best deals in all of life. It's $85 for a five-year pass. That steal. Steal. Yeah. You can throw like, that away everybody, over yelling at a flight attendant. Over a mask, bro. Yes. Russell, I would pay eighty five dollars with- every time I went to the airport to not have to wait in line. You are really blowing up, man. You're, <laughs> you're famous enough that Julian Edelman notices you. All right, you got eighty five dollars right. just sitting around. I, I don't like waiting in line. I don't either. And if you fly even like once or twice a year, that even once a year, I feel like that that pre check pass is so worth it. What does that come out to per year? Seventeen dollars. Dude, $17 so a year to not wait in line? So worth it. Are you familiar, Russ, with Cardi B? <laughs> very. You've heard of her. Oh, very. Mm. She's of uh, particular interest to you? I, I mean, who doesn't know Cardi? You just like her music? I could tell I like you my Cardi. favorite Cardi B song, but uh, even the title is not appropriate. Uh, she came up with a very unusual birthday present 
for her husband. I'm sure you know her husband is Offset. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the the very unusual birthday present she got him was cash, or actually a check. Okay. Yeah, it was one. It was actually a check, but it was one of these big, like golf tournament style checks for two million dollars. Yo, Cardi getting money, dog. You can give your significant other two million dollars. That's not yeah. in y'all shared account. You are doing it big. Is that is that enough cash to go for as a as a as a Christmas gift and or present, Jason? Yeah, Tony. If you buy a two million dollar gift card for uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, you're good. <laughs> um, she said it was million. because she knows that Offset has a lot of business ventures coming up in 2022, and he looked happy about it. No, I like bet. He, had, he didn't look like, oh, hey, this isn't very thoughtful. This looks like something you just picked up at Walgreens on the way here. He seemed very pleased with the giant cardboard check for $2 million. Uh, for our audience that might not know, Offset, one of the mem- members of the Migos. I knew that, actually. Uh, good job. But I saw also, it on Wikipedia today when I was prepping for all show. Right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Um, but also, I don't think there are a ton of $2 million checks out there for Offset. So this is a, a really good that's a like he not doing no messing up anytime soon in his household. And he's been known, so allegedly. Uh and finally, Russ, some important news was brought to my attention by one of our listeners. Mike okay. Kinsella, I believe is his name. Uh Mike lives in Minnesota. And man, let me tell you, they are having a problem with squirrels. In St. Paul, Minnesota. Tony, your favorite animal, running amok in St. Paul, ruining Christmas, really. Uh, people have been feeding them too much in Mears Park in St. Paul, and that has caused the population to explode. The squirrels have become, because of feeding, they become kind of more comfortable with people, not not keeping their distance from people. And that's a problem because as much as you love squirrels, Tony, they uh, tend to carry diseases, so you wouldn't want to get bit by one. Do you want yeah. to chime in here with a squirrel thought? Yeah, no. Um, I enjoy looking at a squirrel at a distance. Um, I think the the nuance of my affinity for squirrels is they're they're nice to look at outside and away from me, but if they came up close or like to be in my house, then it'd be an issue. There are essentially they're essentially rats with fur. Like I don't I don't you know make any bearings that I know, I know what they are. I know what they're about. They're rodents. <laughs> But I'm just so used to them in everyday life that I enjoy seeing a squirrel do its squirrel-like things outside. But yeah, that sounds like uh, something I would not like. Uh, Back to the problem at hand, Russ. Let me explain this to you. The issue is at Mears Park, big park in St. Paul, they like to do a huge Christmas display with a lot of lights. Over the years, they've found these squirrels are eating the lights. And the theory is that, and I don't know if, how much experience you have with this, but we have it on our deck. Squirrels will mm-hmm. chew the wheels on your lawnmower. They'll chew plastic. Like, they'll just ruin stuff at your house. I mean, not your lawnmower. I'm sorry, your my grill. They've chewed. They, they, these squirrels, like, I don't know what they thought they were doing, but they actually, like, kind of cut the brakes on my grill. My grill has these little wheels at the bottom, and they chewed off the brakes that kind of lock it into place and keep it from rolling around. Um, they'll chew on your patio furniture, all that stuff. But they chew on these lights in part because – they are coated with polylactic acid, which is a derivative of corn sugar. So it attracts them. So it brings all these squirrels that uh, probably have diseases and are not afraid of people into the park at a time when all the people are in the park to see the Christmas lights. So 
big problem for Mike Kinsella and the people of Minnesota is that the Christmas display has been scaled back significantly and squirrels are ruining Christmas in Minnesota. I hope you're happy, Tony. Stop feeding the squirrels. You probably do feed squirrels. I have never. Walks. Uh, it's, it, I don't feed rats. I wouldn't feed a squirrel. Good, squirrels good are, words. are squirrels good words are rats. Wisdom there, Tony. Yeah. Squirrels are rats with a better PR agent. Okay. That's it. His hottest point. take of the day. We'll have to get to um, that on another episode. Once again, we want to say thank you to BetUS for being a sponsor of our lovely podcast. Make sure you go on to BetUS.com. Use promo code SPORTSADJACENT to get a 125% sign-up bonus on your first $50 deposit. Uh, make sure you're going on, uh, giving us five stars on Apple Music. Listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio content from. Leave us a nice review. Share with all your friends and family. Make sure you have a wonderful Christmas week. Uh, Jason, anything? Squash your beefs, like Russ said. Squash your beefs. Like Tony said. Let's not go into 2022 with beef unless you make it like at home. Um, For Russ Dorsey, Jason Leisure, that is Anthony Gill, our lovely producer. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.